I'm Ben Jackson and this is the Parent and People Coach Podcast. Here I share ideas and suggestions on modern parenting, as well as ways to help kids improve their confidence and self-esteem. Hi there, I'm Ben Jackson and welcome to today's show. I wanted to just cover and hopefully give you some thoughts on about how we can help deal with or cope with um, challenging teens. This came out from a client meeting that I had uh, earlier in the week and the subject itself is quite large and involved and I, what I wanted to do today was just give you some of the, the basic parts that um, I gave them and that they felt would make a real impact. So take what you can from this and see what kind of value you can get and any benefit. So the parent who I met with was facing a teenager who was um, broadly having very, um, making very dangerous choices about their own self-care and well-being. Um, the detail is partially irrelevant for the purpose of the podcast because we can all translate what, what dangerous behavior can be into our own worlds. And it's certainly not the the focus I wanted to give the podcast. What I did talk about how to assist and help um, her son cope. But what I'm going to talk about is how the the first the first foundations of how we get to that point are so important, and what they are are about how we take care of ourselves and how we manage and deal our own states when when confronted with challenging behavior, aggressive behavior, and sometimes when it tips into more physical behavior as well. And from that session, I'll try and unpack some of the key points which might be useful for you. The first one I think that um, is important to begin to grasp, to notice the transition that we now have from the parent that we were the parent we now need to be. And these are two different points. We were once the parent who could put in consequences or have timeouts or rewards for behaviors uh, or, or, or negative behaviors from our child. And there was even times when it was able to obviously physically pick up a child and move them up from away from a situation. We could, we could determine and control a substantial amount of their environment. Yet, for those who are have uh, the tweens or pre-teens and teenagers, this time begins to pass and now we are left with finding alternative ways to set the boundaries or set the limitations of particular behavior. And at this point is often some of the first challenges we can face as parents. We um, have been used to a different way of behaving with our child, we now have to adapt a new one, but we're still holding on to the old one. We're still holding on to the idea that what we say controls the outcome with our child. And we need to take a breath and realize that that phase is now past or passing, and we're now having to approach the challenges in a different way. So what I look to in any situation of difficulty or challenges, how I kind of manage it or present it or how I deal with it is to look at kind of 
three questions. Uh, what can I? What is uh, in my influence? What can I influence? What is beyond my control? And what can I control? And when we're dealing with with uh, challenging behaviour, the best we can expect our children or teenagers or tweens is we can influence at best the outcome of their behavior we can't control it or certainly we can't control it in the way we'd used to and we're left with just the the potential of influencing it which can be a little random and haphazard depending on the situation but the one we can come back to, and this is what I want to draw your attention to, as I did with the client, is that we can control something, and that's how we deal with our children when they're going through such challenging or difficult or even traumatic experiences. So what do I mean by that? Well, it's about how we regulate our emotions when we are confronted with particular behavior that uh, is uh, negative or not very useful or unpleasant. We need to find ways that we can not engage with their behavior in maybe the old patterns that we had, which is possibly to retaliate or to, to shout or to argue or to get involved. Those old patterns are our frustrations that we can't control. Um, our child any further they're showing their, their heads there and ultimately it's the last thing your child will need and certainly won't get you out to some sort of solution or get you out of frustration so the first thing we're looking to do is regulate our own emotions as best we can there's a couple of ways we can do that but it's a re-grasping this connected points here first that we can't control their behavior anymore we can control our behavior and that we need to do that to change the pattern that we've had in the past where things have erupted and, and arguments have escalated. So this is how I bring you to the point. We need to regulate ourselves through a number of techniques. I should say as well that none of these are going to be particularly easy or hard to do. Everyone's going to be different. Some may be kind of, oh, that's a natural thing. They may be more beyond your scope to achieve. So I'm leaving these as ideas, suggestions, and you can take them and in your own creative way come up with solutions which kind of resonate with some of the, uh, the thinking behind it. First, which may seem difficult to do as I mentioned it, but I think it's still very important, we will benefit by looking beyond the behavior of your child and just noticing that behind that behavior is still our son or our daughter struggling with something. Yes, the behavior can be very toxic, but there is something to notice there. If we want to get ourselves into a state where we can actually be more approachable and for them to maybe share and communicate in a different way how they're feeling than through the behavior they've chosen, we need to regulate ourselves. And to do that, we need to find ways to do it. And, and it is that noticing it's our child inside of that behavior that we need to look to and be mindful of and begin to disassociate the child inside who's struggling from the behavior that's being externalized. Just to caveat that, that doesn't mean that we don't have consequences in place or we forgive and ignore um, damage to the house or to property or in any other form. That, that can be dealt with separately. 
but in the moment to bring your emotional levels at a you know, reasonable level or at least not escalating as they traditionally done, begin to be aware or begin to be interested or curious with what you believe your child is struggling with or finding challenging behind their behavior. Because children don't need us to be pointing fingers, pointing out their faults, and it will come across as attacking them, which will only escalate the, the conflict. So avoiding all reprimands at that particular point is going to be critical. We're looking to maintain your calm state. Connected to this, the second point is about reassuring them. We're looking to get to a regroup to the point of trust that we probably had once with our child. And by being present, by not engaging at their kind of level of aggression or, or, or behavior, we're looking to, for them to notice they can trust us again. Because there's an element to acknowledge there's some trust that's been eroded that has to get repaired. And by doing that is by just reassuring them in some form. You can say, um, I'm here, it's okay. And repeating that. That's not a complicated sentence. Just reassuring them that you're there and you're present and you're there for them. And, and you're looking to link this together because you won't be talking to their behavior. You're talking to their kind of the emotion, the child that's inside them that's struggling. It's a really useful technique, and I certainly invite you to try it, is when you're saying those kind of words or similar phrases about looking to feel that you're talking to the child inside. The third thing I wanted to mention was how we're putting a combination of these things together. We also need to be mindful of our own breathing. This is a, a as much as a technique to maintain our own state but also it's something we use in meditation and how to kind of just regulate our breathing and become aware of it it's the beginning of kind of our own calming down so noticing your breathing whatever rate that is and you know just begin to notice parts of that notice how if it's going fast or slow or deep or shallow and then just trying to keep that at a constant keeping the breathing constant and focusing on that while the situation happening for your for your child this third way is about how we look to continue to de-escalate our own emotions and remain present and engaged with our own children we can also begin to if we can't communicate verbally because your child is having particular behavior we're also able to use positive affirmations on our head, maybe using memories that we've had in the past with our child, bringing positive thoughts back about our son or daughter to simply reinforce this collective ideas of how we maintain our state and how we are there and present for them. So these four parts are all about regulating how we feel so we are better able to, one, develop a new habit and pattern of engaging with our child when they go through this behavior but begin to bridge back the trust that somehow has broken down, that they feel they need to use this kind of behavior to communicate how they're feeling. 
Now, as I was talking to the client and providing these solutions, or suggestions at least, for them to try out, I also want to be mindful of something. This may be a very difficult or distant or even alien uh, concept to work with. So what I'm going to suggest is that if you try it for a period of time, um, that you look to see as far as you can, and if you feel that the uh, emotions are rising up again and getting further, then you just take some time out from, say, the room, recompose yourself, and but then return to the space and go back to the cycle of um, techniques and tips which may work for you from the selection I gave you. The idea is about how that will be a point of you noticing when you are on that curve of increased emotion that you can take time out but you can return to it. And what I was uh, suggesting to the client was that we are looking to work on a muscle to um, extend it and stretch it and strengthen it and that takes time. So it's meant it all kind of happen naturally and maybe challenging for certain bits but if you can get say two minutes of kind of calm then have to step out but maybe the next day, the next time It'll be five minutes and then ten minutes. So you continue to improve on it. So notice when you are succeeding, but notice when you feel it going up. I wouldn't want you to be there in a space where you're getting tenser and tenser and tenser and holding in. Your child will completely uh, receive that information and it may escalate their own behavior. So notice when it's going to the point where you need to leave the room and then return or leave the space and then return when you've kind of got your state um, more together than it was. It's at this point as well that it's um, important to mention that there will be a time to talk about the behavior and the feelings behind that, but not now, not in the moment, not when it's all heightened and it's at its most challenging. This could come. This conversation may have to happen um, much, much later in the day or in, in, the, in the week. We're not looking to start asking questions or understanding at this particular point we're going to find a time where our child can come at a time when they're calmer and maybe begin to verbalize what they were feeling originally. So you might want to achieve this when you're doing something together, maybe it's walking the dog, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's doing a bit of art in some form, but when they've calmed down invite them to share what was going on for them. And if they say no, that's fine. You don't pursue the conversation any further. You allow them space to know they can come to you when they're ready to. And you're not going to pressure them into answering it. And I think this is how, again, another form of how we build trust is by respecting wishes and keep on reassuring that they're there, you're there for them when, when they are or wishing or want to share. So find the chance to ask that question much, much later and potentially when you're doing things together which are at a calmer time. So I hope some of those kind of like, you can understand now what I meant by foundation steps or by getting some particular parts in place that are going to assist and help you cope with that stress and anxiety that you're going to feel and but, but bring that down so that you can be present and available for your child and to show them that you are there. It can be quite difficult 
obviously go through those cycles of ideas. So it's about pursuing it and consistently applying them and accepting that, you know, some days you'll get it right and sometimes you'll go back, oh, I wish I'd done that and I'd forgotten to do that particular move. That's okay. That's how we're learning. It's how we change our behaviors as well. So there is um, always growing into this. So whatever you do, accept it and then look to the next time to improve upon it. One overarching kind of good way of, kind of addressing some of the balance and as well is we can get so focused on the challenges which may seem continuous with our child it's important to try and redress that focus at least give it uh allow space for the happier memories to come in and that can be you can revisit pictures photos memories of the time when being together was a lot happier the the idea is so that you can remember the word times together when things were working out and that way we're readdressing our focus and not looking to criticize that that's how they were and look at the things now it's looking to just reinforce the fact you've had good relationships in the past they are positive and you're working your way back to that state back to that level and naturally you can even use that idea of returning the photographs maybe with your child and you can show them and talk about it and bring back those happy memories as you can imagine that begins to remind everyone that this is not always the way it has been and therefore more than likely this is not the way it's always going to be. So while I've entitled this kind of managing challenging teens the reality is it's more about how we cope with the situation ourselves and put ourselves in the best possible position to actually help our child understand what's going on with their feelings and emotions whatever's kind of the cauldron is bubbling over we are there to help them so it's less it's far less about managing them more about maintaining our own state and about repairing our trust their trust in us again so i hope you got from that little bit of a podcast about ways that we can manage uh challenging teens or at least set the 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 foundations of how that can happen. So I hope you got some value and benefit from that. Please hit me up on Twitter and let me know your thoughts. Or if you have a particular scenario you want some help with regarding your teenager, then please let me know and I'll do my best to answer you, either here or on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could go and leave a rating over on iTunes.